0: What's up everybody, Sultan of Strangles here, and today I am going to be speaking on a topic that I am very passionate about, weight training for martial arts, not just jujitsu, but also Muay Thai, kickboxing, boxing, wrestling, everything. I have been lifting since I was 11 years old in my basement. I know every type of program there is. And that's why I've gotten into my old age relatively injury-free. So today I'm going to just enlighten you guys with some of my knowledge. If you want to learn more, make sure to DM me on any platform you want, and I can make you a customized workout program. You could hit me up on Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Uh, message the school at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu the podcast, at Rambling with Rack. And you can hit me up on Facebook, Mike Rackshan, M-I-K-E-R-A-K-S-H-A-N. And you can check out my website, immortalsjujitsu.com Hope you guys are ready for an action-packed episode. Feel free to ask me any questions you want. Sit back, relax, and get ready so i randomly came across a youtube video by this by this um strength and conditioning coach probably famous because you know i'm watching the video and there's a packed crowd listening to him his name is lauren landau l-o-r-e-n last name l-a-n-d-o-w check it out on youtube and one quote that he said in that video that completely reshaped my thinking was this he said when you're driving on a highway there's dividers right there's concrete dividers metal dividers keeping you from crashing into the other lane and dying all right um how often do you use these dividers you know most people like myself their entire life they never use them they're not necessary but they're there as a as a safety net okay Now, this could be directly applied to our human bodies. Okay, you have muscles, which you have to train to take the brunt of the impact jumping, falling, rolling, uh, attacking, okay, those should take the brunt of the force. And if everything goes wrong, if your muscles are too weak, if you're not symmetrical, if you're too muscular in one area, not enough in another, if you don't take care of your body, that's when the ligaments and tendons are there as a safety net. And that's when the ligaments and tendons and bones will take the brunt of the force. And that's the last thing you want. Okay. And after I read that, um, after I saw that I'm like, fuck this, I got to get back into serious strength and conditioning. The reason I kind of stopped You know, I'll go, I've been lifting since I was 11 years old, man. And after a while, it just gets fucking boring. I'm like, I'm sick of this shit. You know, um, jujitsu, you learn a technique, it's there forever. You could stop training for 10 years, you go back, you know the technique. Lifting weights, if you take a week or two off, man, you're starting all over again. That's why I always fucking hated it. After a while, I'm like, enough. And I'm just like, I'm just going to focus on jujitsu. I was only training maybe once a week weight training. And, um, and I noticed in my old as I got older, um, it wasn't a sore neck anymore, or sore hamstrings, like the muscle issues, it started to become ligament and tendon issues. Like I just felt the frickin ligament that connects my hamstring to my calf just aching. My bicep tendons aching like they're about to snap. Just really sharp fucking pains that I'm not used to. My neck, my lower back, like just pain that I'm not used to. It was no longer muscle pain, it was tendon and ligament pain, like super dangerous. Like the type, if they were to snap, I would have to get surgery and I'd be out for a year. So at that point, I'm like, you know what, man? I don't really like going to the gym too much. I like how I feel afterwards, but I gotta go back. So I, I've been back and um, I went back and I'm feeling a lot better. No more ligament, no more tendon pain. I feel strong. I'm just trying to make it fun for myself. You know, uh, the same ass. I've been doing the same movements squats, bench press, pull ups, rows. Just been trying to change it up adding a kettlebell adding a machine stuff like that. And I'm telling you, I feel so much better. And for those of you who always get injured. It's always the guy who doesn't do any weight training doesn't stretch comes to practice late misses the warm ups. That's the guy that tears his ACL pops his bicep pops his shoulders. You don't want to be that guy. So remember, the divider in between the road, you don't need it. But one day you will your tendons and ligaments. They're there as a safety net, but your muscles should take the brunt. I've been doing West Side barbell since I was 19 years old. Before that, I was doing a you know a bro split <laughs> like chest day, back day, arm day, leg day, shoulder day, which is good for bodybuilding but not good for sports. I think it's actually um, a waste of time. So when I was 19, I joined this gym called DeFranco's Training Center. One of the best, like the guy trained Brian Cushing, um, Triple H, uh, a lot of super famous people. David Deal, just a, an amazing. Dan Hardy in the UFC, just a wealth of knowledge. And he follows the West Side Barbell Method created by Louis Simmons, which is the conjugate method created by... Vladimir Verkoshansky, you could buy the book called Super Training, one of the best books ever. Um, conjugate System is all about changing up the lifts and specific programming. So DeFranco, Joe DeFranco took this and, and added, made it very sports specific, added a lot of sports related um, movements in there, like heavy sled drags, um, rope pulls, you know, stuff like that, which I love. Um so west side barbell is not chest back etc it's max effort upper body which you do a push a pull horizontal vertical um and then you go max effort so your main lift you should be either maxing out or going up to three reps um dynamic effort is higher reps for speed so as many deadlifts as you can for 60 seconds a lightweight, you're using bands, you're using chains, you're doing jumps, you're doing plyometrics. Um, so we got max effort upper, uh, dynamic effort, upper max effort, lower heavy squats, heavy deadlifts and dynamic effort lower, which is jumps, etc. So once you, st- this is great for someone who's a power lifter, that's on that's the only physical activity they're getting. Or um, someone who uh, is playing a sport like football, right? But when you're doing jiu-jitsu and you're training twice a day, um, I, me personally, maybe other people, like there's guys like Dante Leon who can max out, go super heavy. Me, I can't. I'll do, you know, the most, the, the heaviest I'll go is five reps because I need to be able to get into the gym to train jujitsu that night. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, consistency is king, right? You could go super intense on a Monday, be burnt out and not be able to train again until Wednesday or Thursday. But you could go give 80% of your effort, 75% of your effort, come back tomorrow, do it over again. This, go, this is the same with jiu as lifting, Um, You got to if this is if you're not on steroids, if you're on steroids, like most people in jujitsu are, you fucking do whatever you want, you go balls to the wall every day, your body's going to recover. Every time you feel a little under the weather, you just up your testosterone levels with some injections, and you're good to go train three times a day, no problem. For those of you who are natural. Yeah, you're going to have to be smart about your training. You can't train hard every fucking day. So strength and conditioning for me, I'll do four days a week. Uh, Actual jujitsu, I do twice a day, six days a week. So if I want to juggle all of that, I I can't be going 100% every session. So for example, Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights, I will go hard in jujitsu. I start every round standing I'm I'm going hard 80% 90% um, Tuesday Thursdays um, and Sundays, I'll go light. I start every round from guard. I work more on technique. I let people pass my guard try to get out of bad positions. I'm not and if I feel myself going too hard, I stop myself. So if I'm in like a head to head battle with someone and I got to really push myself to the limit to to get over on them. I just let them have the dominant position because I, I'm not thinking about winning in training. I'm thinking about am I gonna get to am I going to come here again tomorrow? Same with lifting. I'm fucking crazy. When I got some heavy ass weight on the squat rack, I just want to max out. I want to see how strong I am. But it takes so much discipline for me to say no. We're gonna stay disciplined. We're gonna do five reps. And for those of you, there's something called RPE. So RPE 10 means that that's the max you could do. You really went your hardest. RPE 9 means you have one more in you. RPE 8 means you have two more in you. RPE 7, three more in you. I do most of my stuff to RPE 8, meaning I have two left in the tank. And that's been working pretty well for me super important thing the most important thing this applies for any strength athlete or any sports you got to be doing compound lifts i see people wasting their time doing concentration curls that's okay maybe for the end of your workout but the meat and potatoes of your workout the base of your workouts should be compound lifts which means multiple joint lifts okay uh, I'm going to name what lifts are great and why you should be doing them. Um, and by the way, I don't know if I told any of you, I used to be a personal trainer. Um, I thought I would love it. I thought I would be training people who wanted to get better, but it was just very unmotivated, rich people. And I'm like, wow, I don't like this at all. But what I do like is training people in jujitsu. So it definitely helped me find you know, that I like training people, just not... A certain demographic. I was a trainer at fucking Equinox, by the way, I absolutely hate that gym. So compound lifts, number one has to be knee dominant for your max effort lower body day. Knee dominant are things like squats, box squats, zercher squats, front squats, that is knee dominant. It's the main movement is your knee. Okay, and you usually want to go pretty heavy on that. Next is a hinge dominant, like a deadlift, good morning, hyper extensions. Okay. Next thing, for your upper body day, you want to have a horizontal push, which is a bench press, a push up, incline bench, decline bench, um, tape press, football bench bar, all those Um, after a horizontal push, you want to do a horizontal pull, row, barbell rows, dumbbell rows, machine rows. After that, you want to do a vertical pull, like a pull up, lat tower, things like that, lat pull down, and then vertical push, overhead press, dumbbell press, kettlebell press. And that is a complete upper body workout. That's what I do. That's my, that's my blueprint for all my workouts. And for dynamic effort, uh, lower body, I will do lightweighted squats and definitely always have a single leg variation for people like me who have huge discrepancies in the strength of their limbs. So my left leg is significantly stronger than my right. It's just from years and years of playing sports and my left leg being the base to throw from, to stand on. So I have to do single leg movements like lunges, Bulgarian split squats, step ups, things like that. So you have to make sure to have those as part of your workout regimen. If you wanna be a bodybuilder, go ahead, do the bicep curls, but compound lifts should be the main part of your training. If you wanna do them at the end, do them. All right, bicep curls, triceps, Definitely more important, especially for sports. So we've got push down, skull crushers, overhead skull crushers, closed grip, bench dips, things like that. This is the number one question I get from people because people know how often I compete. They tell me, hey, man, I don't know what to do. I train pretty hard. I'm a stud in the gym. But when I go in competition, I gas out right away. Now, we use the term strength and conditioning a lot. But I would say 99% of the people who say they do strength and conditioning do little to no actual conditioning. It's all just strength. Conditioning for me is cardio. You know, all those muscles, all that strength. What use is it if you can't get the oxygen to your muscles? Then you're just, your muscles are literally useless. You're one minute into your match, you can't move. What the fuck is the point of all those muscles, you know? That's why when I see someone who's juiced up to the gills, I literally just stay on the feet with them for a minute, wait for them to start heaving, and then destroy them. Couple ways to work on your conditioning. Number one, jujitsu. But, you know, sometimes you're in a room full of people who don't want to work hard. What sucks about jujitsu is that you need your partner to also be tough. If your partner doesn't want to go hard, the, the the round is going to suck. Wrestling will make your cardio, will make your iron, your lungs iron. Because in jiu-jitsu, you could go light. In wrestling, you can't really go light. This is why we have wrestling Wednesdays. I was thinking about adding other days, but for now, once a week is good for my guys. Cardio is pretty good. Now, in addition to strength training, here are some other stuff you can do. I like to do sprints. Don't ever do sprints on concrete. Don't ever do sprints on cement. You want to be on turf or grass because, yeah, when you're a fucking 20-year-old man, nothing's going to happen. But as you get older, oh, your knees, your ankles, your hips are going to say bye-bye. Um, A great one that you could do in place is mountain climbers. Those freaking gas me out bad um this i don't really use much but i'm gonna start using i know a lot of professional athletes use is the assault bike so you're using your legs and your arms and do sprints like one minute as fast as you can um try to go beat your friends in distances i'm gonna probably get an assault bike for the gym and uh and use that my personal favorite you'll always see me warm up with these because it takes about one to two minutes to get a full sweat going Sometimes I'll go to a football field or a field and I'll do the whole field back and forth bear crawls. They will gas your lungs. They will help your shoulder mobility. It's a total body workout, you will get stronger with these they are miserable. And when you do your bear crawls, make sure to be looking forward the direction that you're going to be going in, you don't want to look down because that's going to make you slow. You want to get even more challenge, get somebody to to climb on your back while you do the bear crawls. If your knees and ankles are injured as mine are sometimes and you can only do upper body, something I love to use are battle ropes, just do sets of 100. Or if you have a pool near you, swimming helps so much. I remember in 2016, I would swim three times a week and my cardio was out of this world. And if you hurt your knee, you just go with your upper body. Um, if you go to Dick's Sporting Goods or anything, you could get these webbed finger things where you put on your hands and it makes swimming so much harder and you get a lot more distance too. It's super cool. Um, I hate these, I don't do them. They're really boring. I wanna die when I do them, but jump jumping rope is so good for your conditioning. Boxers, Muay Thai fighters, everyone does them. I just can't fucking stand in the same place and jump up and down for five minutes. I, I lose my fucking mind. I took a seminar with the strength and conditioning coach of Mighty Mouse. And something he told me is that you need to do all types of cardio throughout your week. You have to have your low intensity, your long distance jogs, medium intensity, like, you know, running the 400. And then you have to do the high intensity sprints going 100%. So make sure you're doing all three types of intensity throughout the week. Reason a lot of people gas out is they go to practice, they start in half guard, they have fun, they have a good time, they never go on the feet. And then when in competition, the guy's trying to kill them, their veins, their capillaries, all these parts of their body, it's not used to this high threshold. So your body just shuts down. So you got to make training so much harder than your uh than matches. I would say at least three times a week. You should have at least two to three sessions a week in your conditioning or in your martial arts where you are fucking heaving at the end of the round like <laughs> and you can't fucking breathe. Alright. Um another great thing to help your nerves is having mock matches. We have that all the time in my school. I'll just grab two people randomly I'm like you guys are fighting. Let's see who wins. And that really helps people when you, it, you would not think that just your teammates watching you would have an effect on you, but it really does. So you guys should give that a shot. Now, this is a really big problem, both in the powerlifting world, the jujitsu world, the wrestling world. A lot of people will develop strength in their pulling, you know, their shrugs, their pull-ups, their rows. They'll get really good at jujitsu holding people but their forearms will completely gas out and lag behind the rest of their body. This is why I emphasize not just forearm training. A lot of people just train their forearms. They don't realize that you need to also have strong hands and and you comp- you train those completely different. Like I bet if you go against an iron worker or a carpenter or some one of those fucking trades and they get a grip on your gi, you ain't getting that grip off because they're literally working their hands the entire day. Um, and just training Jiu is not enough to get your hands strong. So there's some really good. Um, here are some good workouts for both your forearms and your hands. Okay, so my, my favorite are static holds. They're so very easy to do. You put 225 on the bar or 315 you grab the bar, you take it off the rack, and you hold it for three sets of 30 seconds. You will notice immediately, within a few days, differences in your forearm strength. You will see your the size of your forearms get bigger. And I'm telling you, it's been scientifically proven. If you train your forearms, it transfers to the rest of your body. Um, great stuff to work your hands. You take two 10-pound plates, you pinch them together with your fingers, and you hold that as long as you can. That will burn your hands. If you get a fat bar or you go on Amazon and buy the fat bar accessory where it makes the grip much harder doing curls or rows will that will burn your hands and your forearms big time. If you take a 10 pound or 25 pound weight, you attach a string to it a rope and then a handle you roll that up and down that'll burn your forearms out faster than you could say 123 dead hangs if you don't have access to weights, I didn't have access to weights for a while I was in a remote village in the mountains of Iran, you go find a tree, you go find a bar, you just hang from it three sets of 60 seconds. Not only will your forearms get super strong, your shoulders will fall back in place. Because we are derived from monkeys. And we were meant to hang. When you do that hang, your body falls back in place. My herniated disc got better from the dead hangs. Um, Dumbbell pinches. If you have the hexagonal dumbbells, you grab the head, not the handle, grab the head, 20 pounds, for one minute each, your fingers will be so strong. Rice digs. Go to Home Depot, get a $2 bucket filled up with some $2 rice. Dig your hands, flex your hands, make a fist. Even more important than making a fix, I think it's called dorsal flexion. But open your hands up in the rice because we get very little of that motion throughout the day. And last but not least, the classic barbell forearm curl. That'll also help your grip, grip big time. So many of you may be asking, you know, you told us compound movements, you told us what to do, but what programs can we follow? Now, here are some programs I've followed and I like. Uh, I've done all these and these are the ones I trust. Um, there's so much misinformation out there, man. There's so many YouTubers out there that are just clearly on steroids and they're given bad info. I remember when i was a kid i bought uh arnold's encyclopedia bodybuilding and the workouts on there was just like clearly made for someone on steroids like he's doing chest one day the next day shoulders the next day triceps i'm like these are all push muscles like a natural guy cannot do this so here are some really good ones in no particular order by the way starting strength is really good uh wendler 531 um this one's a little advanced but uh shako s-h-e-i-k-o my absolute favorite which is west side barbell um created by louis simmons then we have west side barbell for skinny bastards by joe defranco that's the one i used in my earlier years and um last but not least guys shoot me a dm and i will make you a personalized program um tailored to your needs um if you're looking for some YouTubers in the sea of people who are on steroids and just not authentic, here are some genuinely authentic people that I am pretty much one hundred percent positive that are not on juice um We've got Alpha Destiny, which is this five foot five manlet who is jacked out of his mind. Uh, I learned so much from him, especially about the heavy rack pulls for your upper back and your shoulders. He had a quarantine special that helped me so much, man. I got jacked during the quarantine because all the gyms were closed, so I just bought myself a pair of those gymnastics rings, and holy shit, did I get jacked. Omar Esau, 100% natty, super strong, super motivational. Then we got Alan Thrall. Which is A L A N T H R A L L. He is he owns a gym called Untamed Strength. I believe his YouTube channel call is called Untamed Strength. Such a wealth of information. I love this dude. My favorite YouTuber of all time. He doesn't make videos anymore, but his name is Ice One Cubed. Now, these last two guys, I don't know if they're on juice or if they're natural, but they definitely know their shit. I've been following them since 2012. We've got Chris Jones of Pump Chasers, formerly known as Physiques of Greatness. And we got Matt Ogis, great uh, channel flex for all, too. Probably on juice, but very smart. He was the one that taught me what macros were and a lot of cool stuff. Um, give those channels a look and let me know what you think. This is the most boring fucking thing to do on the face of the earth. I absolutely fucking hate doing it. I I oh uh, I despise it so much. But I noticed a huge difference in my jujitsu, huge difference in my strength training, a huge difference in my overall lifestyle ever since I started stretching thirty minutes a day. Not only. Do I have less muscle pains? I sleep better. I feel more fluid. My posture is better. My energy levels are better. I'm able to transmit power better because my range of motion is better. Definitely make sure to make stretching a fucking priority, especially if you are older than 30. Um now, with that being said, it is scientifically proven that st- static stretching is better for after your workout. But me. When I'm sweaty, my rash guard is sweaty, I'm cooling down, my sweat's getting cold. I like to hop right in the shower or dry up and go home. I'm not going to fucking sit there for 15 minutes and stretch. So I do my static stretching before. This is not the right thing to do. You should do it after. But I know that I'm just not going to fucking do it if I don't. Just like abdominal training. I hate training abs. I know that if I leave it until the end of my workout, I'm just not gonna do it. So I just do it before. I don't give a fuck. Uh, the proper way to stretch is to do dynamic stretching first. Stretch like movements, like kicks, you know, bending over, touching the ground, those types of dynamic, like um, stretches where you're moving, you know, fire hydrants, kickbacks, etc. You wanna do static after. Now, I, I spoke with a friend of mine today, a lady friend of mine who said she doesn't like lifting heavy because she feels like it, her range of motion gets worse and that she feels stiff. Sometimes if you lift heavy, you will have that issue. But if you lift with the full range of motion and you make stretching a priority, you will not get stiff and you don't need to stretch that much. I do 30 minutes a day because that's what works for me. But even five to 10 minutes a day will change your fucking life. A great channel to check out is Bodyweight Warrior, Tom Merrick. He has a lot of follow alongs you could do. I try to do one of his every day and I'm feeling so much better. With my 30 minutes, I don't do it in one set because I get fucking bored. Uh, I usually train twice a day. So I'll do 15 minutes before my training session, or if I'm lifting, I'll I'll do it after my lifting sessions. So you gotta find out what works for you and just stick to it. Remember guys, consistency is king, not intensity. Intensity means nothing if you're not consistent. Now, in the world of bodybuilding, jujitsu, whatever, there's f- these fucking people called form Nazis. If you don't do the rep, Absolutely perfect, they will say, Oh, total reps zero. And these are usually people who are super weak. Okay, I would prefer you do every single rep perfectly. But if on the last rep or the last two reps you have to put a little extra oomph, that's totally fucking fine. Go find me a powerlifter, world record holder that's doing a dumbbell row over 200 pounds with strict form, it's just impossible. You have to do a little, put a little oomph in there. Overhead press. After a certain amount of weight, you can't do it strict. You got to put a little bit of uh, push press in there. Um, If you want to bounce it on your chest, the last rep, fine. Get the fucking weight up. Um, You don't always have to have perfect form, man. Um, Most of the time, yes, but you don't always. and This is just a huge problem I have with people and you'll never see a strong guy criticize you in the gym. Oh, you're doing it wrong. It's always someone who like feels threatened by yours, someone super weak. You want to test your limits. And sometimes to push yourself past your max, you have to you have to give yourself a little oomph. Use use a little more muscles than you thought you could. And that's fine. What I like to do with the squats i'll go super heavy and then after i'm done with my last heavy set my body has found a groove to move the most amount of weight it can i will go back down and hit some light weights too to just for my body to understand how to push weight up when it's not the heaviest it's like you'll all find your groove after lifting for a while like for me i used to squat wide but now i notice a little further than shoulder width is what works for me. Many of you have a very busy lifestyle as I did for a long time. You know, I'm running my own businesses now, so I make my own schedule, but when I was in public accounting, I was getting to work at 8 p.m. I was leaving at 8 or 9 p.m. I only had enough time to maybe get one or two sessions in a day, and that's it. So when your priorities come into play, if you don't have the fucking time, you just skip the warm-up. I understand warming up is important. I understand stretches is important. But here are the priorities. Um, I told my jujitsu instructor during tax season when I work crazy hours if I could just come in for the rolls, and he was totally okay with that. I have a student who uh, is a cop, and he has to leave early some nights. So I tell him on those nights, which is two nights a week, to skip the drilling, and I find them someone to just train with, roll live with for 40 minutes. Rolling live is takes precedence over everything in jiu-jitsu. Getting the actual work done in lifting takes a priority of everything. So as I mentioned before, if you have the time, you have to stretch. You have to warm up. You have to do the prehab, the rehab movements, dynamic stretching, static stretching. But if you do not have the fucking time, just go to the gym and start your workout. Your warm up will just be your first set with the bar, you know, because you know, a lot of these people are like, Yeah, I work a full time job, I don't have time, you do have time, you just have to prioritize things. Me, I would get into training before work 7am, 6am, go to work, train after work. But the, the, the setback was that you know, I didn't have much of a personal life. But is that the sacrifice you are willing to take to be the best? I've had a lot of students come in and say, I don't just want to be good. I want to be great. I'm like, all right. They're like, well, you don't have morning classes, so it's going to be tough. I want to train twice a day. I'm like, well, let's see if you could handle the training once a day first. And a lot of people after a couple of weeks, they realize training once a day is too much for them and they can't even fucking do that. So you guys have to start small and work your way up one of the most undertrained and most precious parts of your body is your neck in jiu-jitsu we are doing joint attacks but for the most part it is chokes when a man is trying to suffocate you cut off the blood to your brain the last bastion of defense between that and him finishing you is a powerful neck In MMA, when you're getting punched in the face, if you have a strong neck, that will bear the brunt of the impact instead of your brain. In soccer, when you head the ball, if you have a strong neck, that will bear the brunt of it. Some ways to train your neck, and this is super important. Please don't take neck training not seriously because it could save your life. Um, I've never injured my neck because I trained my neck extensively i'm really hard guy to choke because i train my neck extensively um here are some workouts my favorite is shrugs for some reason most workouts i like to do you know um, anywhere from five to ten reps for shrugs i noticed the sweet spot is 20 to 30 reps i don't know why but it just works for me you gotta find out what works for you barbell shrugs because dumbbells only go up to like, what a hundred pounds I need a lot more weight than that. I need like 315 to really feel anything. Um, you got to do neck ups. Lie down on a bench with a 10 pound or 20 pound weight on your face and go up. Do it sideways. Do it with your belly on the bench. Work all parts of your neck. Um, I, was taught by an, I was told by an orthopedic surgeon not to do these too much, but neck bridges really help me. If you're younger, you could do them. Probably don't do them when you get older. My favorite of all time... It looks really funny. Everybody at the gym is going to look at you, but fuck it. Take 80 pounds, take an old t-shirt that you don't use anymore, bite down on it with your back molars, and put your head up and down. Don't extend too far forward because you'll hurt your neck, but this makes my neck so strong, my jaw strong. It's great. You could use banded assistance. Put a band on your forehead, walk forward, and try to keep that position isometrically. And last but not least, something I've been meaning to buy for a long time, and a lot of people speak very highly of, is this thing called the Iron Neck. You pretty much tie it to a wall or a door, and then you it has like a bungee cord on it, and it pulls your neck, and you turn your head side to side. I heard it's, really, uh, it's a great, useful tool. Maybe if you guys want to sponsor me, tell the Iron Neck to hit me up. Jiu jitsu is a very pull dominant sport. You're always pulling people into you when you're playing guard. When you're passing, you're usually pulling their head, cross face, underhook into you. So as a result, you see a lot of people with terrible, terrible posture. Uh, everyone knows what jiu jitsu posture looks like. You stand up, you're leaning forward, your back is slouched, your shoulders are rolled forward, just super unhealthy. This is why you see a lot of people, older people in Jiu Jitsu, get back surgery or um, hip surgery. In order to prevent this, you must do a couple of things. Number one, you need to train your posterior chain, your glutes, your hamstrings, your lower back, your upper back. Um, A nice rule of thumb I've heard from several personal trainers, for every push movement, you should be doing two pull movements to keep a nice balanced body. Um you got to also train your push muscles. I know a big issue is you got everyone says use your hips, use your hips, you're not really using you're moving your hips side to side. You're not really using your hips in jujitsu. So you got to work out your hip flexors, you got to do those squats, both wide and narrow stance. And the jujitsu posture does go away. I've seen people with the right amount of physical therapy and training, the jujitsu posture goes away. Now, a lot of people have asked me, should I hire a trainer? If you have the money, definitely do it. But don't go to some douchebag who, who just freaking got their certification and doesn't have any real life experience. Look for someone who has real credentials, who has trained actual athletes, who has helped people get places. You know what I mean? Because anyone could become a personal trainer. You got to make sure you find the right one and make sure to talk to them before interview them before and run their name by your friends. See what they think run their name by me and I'll tell you what I think. It's totally cool to hire a coach. I've hired a coach. That's how I learned most of my um, most of my skills when people when I was 19 people were crunk crunk at the club. I was paying money to a personal trainer at the to teach me what I know now. And it has prevented me from getting injured, has made me strong, and has helped me so much in life. All right, guys, that was it for this episode. Strength training for jiu-jitsu and martial arts. If you have any additional questions, please contact me on Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K, at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu, or at Rambling with Rack. You could find me on my website at immortalsjujitsu.com or on Facebook, Mike Rakshan, M-I-K-E-R-A-K-S-H-A-N. If you want to stop by the gym, let me know. Come try your free trial class. And I forgot to say that I have a new scarf hold instructional on teachable.com. The link is in my bio on Instagram. Or you could just go on teachable.com and search Sultan of Strangles, the camel crusher submission which I have finished many of my opponents on in some of the largest stages in the world, such as the IBJJF Pan American Championships and Flow Grapplings, who's number one. So let me know what you think. Go buy it. If you want to buy any merch, please message me. I have Sultan of Strangles hoodies, t-shirts, and I've got Immortals hoodies and t-shirts. Rash guards are going to be here next month. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.